0: I'm recording. Right, I'm also our hitting record intro for Katie Ladner.
1: Um, intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. I'm Elena Newell. And my name is Abigail Brazier.
0: Today, we are talking with someone very, very special. You might know her as the original Martha in Heather's The Musical. Among other incredible, notable roles, you'll Google her, you'll hear a little bit about her in a second. Her name is Katie Ladner, and today we're talking all about body image, being a plus size person in theater, and the stereotypes that come with that, you know, what types of roles are we, what, what box are we put in as plus size people, because I am a little bit fluffy myself, it's no secret. Uh, And yeah, we have a really great conversation with her about what it means to embrace who you are and how to engage in change and open communication with the people around you in our field.
1: Yeah. yeah, and me and Gil both have experience being, being plus-sized performers. And mm-hmm. so before we get into the episode, let's just both talk about our own experiences. So, Gail, Ooh, tell yeah. us about your experience with kind of coming to accept yourself inside and outside of theater. It doesn't have to be oh, in yes. the context of theater. Well, uh, you know,
0: I've always been a little bit heavier than, like, the next girl or whatever that means. Ex- you know, that's kind of the whole point. What even does that mean? My body is my body. And I started my life in theater around the age of five or seven so growing up in an environment like like the theater where you know certain roles you're we're we're pigeonholed into roles like the goofy quirky best friend or or the character that's eating all the time and they're they're the butt of the joke because of their size I think that really ended up having in hindsight I did not realize this until recently and and deeper reflection that that had a pretty direct and severe impact on my self-love journey and my body positivity and my self-image and you know certain ways that people would refer to me in the rehearsal room or about certain characters would just kind of inhibit my ability to thrive and love myself in a way that you know it's 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 taken me a long time to realize that i can love my body here and now how it is how it exists today and uh you know things like that how Al- elena what is your experience with being a plus size performer
1: in the arts oh yes um i didn't really I wasn't really aware I was always aware of my plus sizedness. But when it came to theater, I wasn't super aware of my otherness, um, until I started auditioning for colleges because there I was like, Oh, my otherness is my blackness and like that's all I have to worry about is like being black and like playing to that kind of stereotype but I didn't realize that I was actually being stereotyped in multiple ways and there was like an intersection of stereotype that I was falling under so not only was I not I was looked at as the best friend or things like that but I was also because of my size I was only looked at as the mother or the overseer um, which also kind of shifted how I viewed myself I think right now we're in a place where more and more black people are being considered for main roles but even those people tend to be the skinnier of the black people, you know, you're looking at um, people that I love and adore, but they all tend to have a similar shape or size, which has been really odd for me to kind of discover, kind of going back to like talking about like my growing up with like loving myself outside of theater. I've definitely had to get to a place where I like what I see, which really has been a development over the last like couple months or like year. It's not something that's super recent for me at all um and I still don't necessarily love the way I look but I think you know I think most people don't I think most people have some type of body image issue in some way shape or form but I think I'm slowly starting to realize that I'm not at fault for being bigger I'm not I'm not on my worth doesn't depreciate because I'm a larger size than someone else and that's something that I have really had to like drill into my head is that I am no less of a human and I I don't deserve any less love than someone else because of my size and that's been something that's really impacted me in the past like year oh totally
0: and I think it starts with you know looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you can scream and kick and cry all you want but this is the body that you are living in so so start now what do you want to do about it are you going to appreciate the skin that you're in which Which it's maybe you want to start working out or whatever, but that's, you know, something that you figure out within yourself. But it starts with looking in the mirror saying, this is the body that I have been put in, so I'm going to learn to live with it or I'm going to do something about it. And if I'm learning to live with it, that starts with loving, saying, you know, saying this is my body and that is okay and I love myself, you know? And if you're going to do something about it, you know, make yourself an action plan. What are you going to do specifically to, you know, make a smart goal that's really specific and measured in how you're going to work out or start eating well and make sure that it's a sustainable plan and it won't lead to unhealthy habits in the future that will actually weigh down
1: the progress that you're trying to make on yourself. Right. And. And, yeah, and I think it's em- an emphasis on health versus mm-hmm. size, because yes. I could be I could be a size 12 today and I could still make ac- like I can make actionable items to improve my health and I can still be a size 12 in six months. And that's OK with me. That's yes, you, your size does not determine your health. And I think that's a big thing when it comes to like fat shaming. It's like. You can be a size 16 and still outdance a size 2. You can still have more lung capacity and you can still have a stronger heart than those people, those sizes. And yes, so baby. I think it's more yes. important to just like making sure that you're healthy, making sure you're able to get out of bed in the morning, making sure that you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's really what if you're going to make those action pl- actionable plans. If you mm-hmm. want to lose weight, yes, you can do that. Yes, you can make mm-hmm. those changes. But also understand that being smaller doesn't, it, that doesn't, that doesn't mean you're healthier. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're leading a better life, mm-hmm. you know? And if you, like you were saying, there are college audition
0: processes. I've been to a few different colleges now and a few different collegiate theater programs. And if you walk in and you are in the room with your whole class for the first time and you see you are the only fat girl, the only curvy plus size person in your class, um, that is an example of... Of tokenism I think would you agree but at the same time saying you know if I've been put in this position that's it it is what it is at this point I am the token fat girl in my class or you can spin that and say I'm just Maybe that's how they see me, but that's not how I see me. So I am here to show them what I'm made of and that I'm not just the quirky best friend. Or if that's your tea, Katie, you'll hear shortly Katie's talking about that's her tea and that's how she thrives. And that's she totally identifies as like, you know, she's comedic and she thrives in that area. And that's okay too. So we're going to get right to it. Please enjoy as we talk to Katie Ladner about what it means to Thrive in your own skin.
1: Oh, my gosh! Yes, yeah, so we are here with the wonderful, talented Miss Katie Ladner. Katie. Tell the people, if for some reason, if they've been living under a rock their whole lives, you know, tell the people who you are, tell them what you've worked on, just so they can refresh their memories. Of course. My name is Katie Ladner.
2: (laughs) Um, I am originally from uh, Mississippi. I grew up there for, you know, 25, 20 years, you know, and I went to school at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee for musical theater. And um, about six years ago, I moved to the Big Apple with um, I had my college did a um, showcase, which I got my agency from them. I'm with um, Abrams Artists, which is now called A3. And um, from that, I booked uh, a little show called Heathers, the musical, which took us out to L.A. to do an out of town tryout. And then after Heather's, we brought it back here to, or brought it back to New York City at New World Stages. And um, in between that, I did a show called uh, Gigantic, which was off-Broadway. And then some of my bigger ones. And then after that, I think the more notable one was uh, Be More Chill. I did it in Red Bank. And that was a lot of fun. And, excuse me, and then I got my, I did a Freaky Friday out of town with Disney. And then during that, I was prepared to go on tour with them or their like four city tour that they were doing. And I got an audition back in the city. So that was in D.C. And I got an audition back in the city for the revival of Sunset Boulevard. And so I never in a million years thought that my Broadway debut was going to be with a classic, quote unquote, you know, a traditional musical theater. But um, it was. And that was a lot of fun working with those people and um, after that I booked uh, wicked the musical and was there for two years and now I'm with almost famous um, the new musical that's hopefully coming to Broadway soon. We did an out of town in San Diego which honestly was one of the best experiences so far but yeah, so that's kind of a short <laughs> short thing about but my career in a nutshell.
0: Oh, yes. Very nice. It's like a little, the little Cliff Notes version. All right. So today we are here to talk with Katie about the concept of fat phobia and body image in the context of our industry. So I think this is a topic that maybe doesn't get as much conversation as it really deserves. And we're here to really get to the bottom of it. So um, Katie... Uh, Our first question of the day is, do you think there is a particular moment when you became aware of fat phobia or fat shaming in the theater? And what about outside of the theater?
2: I have been, so six years I've been in the city. There comes auditions all the time. You know, when you're starting out, you can't like beggars can't be choosers. And my first job, I was very fortunate to have Heather's now Heather's was I played Martha Dunstock, who the if you look at, if you take a, a an outside perspective of the whole show, she's the only one that like never curses. She's the only one that truly like doesn't do anything to deserve any bit of the hatred that she gets throughout the show. And something that drew that to me was, but they but they also make fun of her weight. They call her. They compare her to. Um, a pig, they compare her to other things in the show that are like, you know, why are you friends with her in, in that kind of imagery? And Veronica is like, I don't, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't get that. And I thought that was the most, like, beautiful part of the show, for lack of a better word, aka the song title, Beautiful. Um, I think that was because she, she literally did nothing wrong and she was, which um, which brought the song kindergarten boyfriend, you know, she just wanted to go to a place where like, it was fine. Like she didn't, she wasn't afraid of dying because that was the place she felt happy and which is heartbreaking. And in all other levels and another podcast in general, but the, I think that was my first, not only my first professional theater job, but it was my first job that I was like, this exists, but I was okay with it because I was being able to be a beacon for some people because I was dancing in that show. I was doing, you know, doing what, like, yes, I'm a plus size girl. I can move though. Like I'm a good dancer. And so like, yeah, I think like one of my first time I had either, this is a very, it will all come together when I, (laughs) um, I think maybe One of the first times that I ever was like, wait a minute, was when someone, I can't remember specifically, um, but someone of a, like, status told me that it was so refreshing to see me on stage and doing what other people were doing. And in a way, I was like, thank you immediately, you know, just like, thank you, I appreciate that. But then I thought about it more and I'm like, they meant it was refreshing to see someone of my size be able to do it because they assumed that I couldn't dance like the other people. And to be quite frank, dance better than the other people. And so it was one of the first times that I was like, wait a minute, but I think I was young enough to be like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to whatever. And now I've been very, very fortunate to, you know, I'm in no means, you know, a Tony-winning art, you know. Like I'm in no means in those kind of perspectives, but I've been able to kind of pick and choose what I think is worth going in. And the shows that I've been in with Notoriety have had nothing to do with my weight. Absolutely zero. Almost Famous. I am a hot, sexy bandaid, and no one ever mentions my weight. I'm actually the one, like men like artistically follow me on stage you know it's that kind of thing because that's normal like it's like it needs to be normalized and I like I don't have a problem with the word fat I don't personally use that word just because I think curvy is a better like is a better like adjective because yes I have curves and I celebrate them and but I also don't think it defines a human being because there's so much more than their curves. I think it is part of them and it makes them who they are just because just like anyone who has like long black hair, you know, like if you see someone with long black hair, what are your immediate thoughts? Oh, she's got, Oh, she's got some like, or she wears black all the time. Oh, she's, you know, like a Gothic or punk or something. But in reality, that person probably listens to like, like country music, you know, it's like you make an assumption based on someone's weight. It's incredibly hurtful and incredibly naive and just honestly dumb. And I think that goes back to the first statement that I said that was refreshing. And I think it would be refreshing if someone just didn't make assumptions like that.
0: Yes. So, so leading off of that question, um, do you think Hold on, one moment. I have this right pulled up. Do you so so in relation to what we were just talking about? Do you what do you think is the difference between a role that celebrates who you are versus one that degrades your size?
2: I think that the difference between that is there needs to be a reason if you're gonna if you're gonna use like fat shaming. Or if you're going to have a character, like say, let's use the instance for high school. If you're in high school in, in the musical, and you have an instance where kids are making fun of a quote unquote larger girl or guy, and they're saying fat, fat, fat all the time, there needs to be, it, they can't just say it just to have like, ah, these snotty kids, they're just saying fat, because like, that's what kids are. I think it needs to have a redeeming quality, because it, it, there needs to be a purpose that you're using that. I was in a show um, like a, a workshop phase, and it was about the, it was about a girl who just like you know it, it, and with the trouble with workshops too, it's you're you're dealing with a lot of like over overtime of overwrit written rewrites, and so certain storylines get like muddled because they're so used to dealing with like eighteen different things happening. So it's completely like when you when you get to new artists or when you get to adding artists and they're specifically like focused on their part, it's really helpful because they can say, hey, this doesn't really work out. And they're like, oh crap, you're right. Like that was from an earlier draft. And that being said, there was one where, I think they had over time wanted to make sure that like dealing with plus size, which is great. And they wanted to make sure that like, everyone made sure that this girl in the show was normal, you know, or like it didn't matter but like out of the blue she just automatically was like like she was she was shut off from the world kind of thing and out of the blue it was like she was like i'm fat i'm like well if she doesn't know what that word means then why are we using it and so i think it has to have a redeeming quality because it, there has to be a payoff otherwise i've i've been in i've been in um for a tv auditions where it just has to do with like like say there's a guy who's like a football player that's like shameful or just has like some kind of um, fetish, if you will, or not even a fetish, just like an issue with like needing attention from all types of women. And I went in for it. I have no idea what the name of the TV show is, Um, but it was like showing a, like a description was like a larger girl with um, is, and doing like, and kissing. And it's like, it just like described her as being like the lowest of the low kind of thing. But then you never, it was just one scene and you never heard from her again. And so I'm thinking like, what is the purpose of having, like, they never mentioned it in the the pilot or anything. They were like, why was he with this girl? It was just kind of like a character flaw that he was with this girl, which I think is absolutely disgusting. And I was able to be like, as much as I want to be on TV and as much as I want to work in all aspects of our industry, that's not something I'm willing to sacrifice in my own moral compass or in what I stand for, not only as a plus size person, but as a human being. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not willing to, cause I've, I've gotten too many amazing credits that it would fight against it. And that why stop now kind of thing. It was a very roundabout way
1: Talking about that, how do you find, how do you tell the line of playing the game but also taking the time to advocate for yourself if you are put in a situation where you feel uncomfortable with the way a character is being portrayed, whether it's your character or some other character that you're seeing? How do you go about that in a way that doesn't seem full of yourself? Or, and how do you just advocate for yourself in a safe way? Well, I think basically it, it all stems back
2: to like how you handle yourself in the, in the room to begin with because uh to get respect you have to give respect and so it all starts like whether or not like it it doesn't matter if you are like flat as a beanpole larger than life personality wise and you know all types like if you come in with an attitude that is like you clearly your poop doesn't stink then no one's going to respect you like And so I like to think that I carry an air of like, I am open and willing to do things there. And I think this is okay for me to talk about. There was an instance in Almost Famous where like it it had nothing to do with like anything uh, body shaming at all. Because truly there's nothing in that show about that. And um, which is great, (laughs) but there was a moment when, and it's based off the movie. So it was like an iconic scene in the movie where like, everyone is like partying at like a hotel and there's food everywhere because like, that's just what it was. It's room service and there's drinks flying and stuff. And there was a moment in the rehearsal room where they were like, just passing out props. Like one girl was carrying a blanket. One girl was carrying this kind of stuff. And I just ended up with grapes and champagne. And And I was like, I was like, champagne's fine, you know, whatever. But I thought about it. Grapes, I love grapes. Grapes are great. No one would think grapes are bad. But from my era or my own brain, I was like, oh, they're going to see the bigger girl bringing in food. And I was like, and I brought it up to the director and it was, it was done. It was not done in front of everyone else. It was done in, on a break. I asked if I could speak to him about a certain thing um, because, you know, directors need breaks too. And I went up to him and I asked, I was like, hey, I don't know if this is something that's on your radar, but I think this is going against something that I don't want to play into. And I would like to stop it before it happens. What, can you tell me why I'm bringing in grapes? And he was like, oh no, you were just bringing in a prop. And I was like, great. Could we either just have them already in the room or, you know, and I explained why. And he was just like, oh, and, you know, his point of view was like, I didn't exactly didn't think about that, but I appreciate you bringing that up to me. And of course I respect that. No, we're, let's just get rid of the grapes because it wasn't worth. And sure, maybe I'm crazy in that sense, but I have to think about that because like, it's the same in Greece like, the, the musical Grease, how Jan is always eating. Why was that decided? Like, I, like, me as Katie Ladner, I am not always eating. <laughs> like, that is not a thing. I love to eat, don't get me wrong. And I love a good popcorn, and I love a good snack. But, like, at the same time, like, I'm not just, like, walking around a high school. that it it wasn't, it, like, why is that the joke? And, like, Greece has its own problems, but like, of course, it's like a <laughs> that kind of thing. But yeah, like it was, and and the same with her, like her. I think um her boyfriend or the guy that she's paired with is all right. He's always like predominantly a larger guy. And I'm I'm very much, and this is off topic in a sense, but still on topic. Like it's 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 always like why do plus size people always end up together in musicals like? I, like, in, in real life, great. Like, whatever. If, and if you're attracted to someone, you're attracted to someone. But, like, it's always kind of like, have you ever noticed that? That, like, nine times out of ten, a curvy girl ends up with a curvy guy. Or ends up with a, uh, a curvy girl ends up with a quirky guy. And this is something, and if this is not on your your list to talk about, I wonder and it's been a big issue in my brain. Why is the, not diversity, for lack of a better word, but the the pool or type, that's what it is, the type of plus size considered to be in the same vein as let's put an Asian girl on there. Let's put, like, that is the one thing. Or let's put a black girl on there. Let's, like, I don't understand why that is at all interchangeable.
1: Mm -hmm. Like Like a quota. Like, let's show a little bit of inclusion for the ensemble today. And maybe I'm
2: very, like, um, sensitive to the matter now. With, since, like, but no, I'm going to give myself a bit of a doubt. I've always thought that. I've always been like, why am I interchangeable? Or why is it, like, why, why can't Mary and the librarian be black? Why can't Mary and the librarian be plus size librarian? That's what I said. Librarian. And I just like, it's, it's, and I think it's getting better. I want to say it's getting better with like new musicals and stuff, but like even now, and I understand it's like a slow process and it will be because I don't, I, I just don't understand. But like, i I really would like people to open up their eyes and just like not even imagination, but just like take like not have a closed mind. <laughs> but like just because so and so from Hollywood, who was in this movie is this size, we have to match them, male or female. Like you're telling a story. And if someone can't believe a story because that's not their ideal of a human being, then they're missing the point of the story in general. But that's, 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 always been something that I've, yeah, that's always been something that I've thought about because why, why, why are so many amazing human beings of all different shapes and sizes, race, uh, backgrounds clumped into one sassy best friend quality?
0: Exactly. This character type that assumes that this character is going to be, the quirky best friend, or that she might be a little bit dumber, and everybody ends up, you know, making fun of her size. Why must the size be the punchline? You know, that always seems to end up being the case. And in any role, you know, we see Jan and Grease, Tracy and Hairspray, where these characters, you know, their defining qualities come with with being bigger and being a plus size person. And that adds to the comedy rather than the depth of who they are, I find sometimes. And it can get, uh, you know, and and I love what you're saying about finding the change and talking to the director and pinpointing a solution and moving forward in that moment, addressing what is happening and the anxieties and the insecurities and all of the biases that have led up until this moment. He had no idea because things like this are so deeply ingrained in us that we don't even realize half the time that we're engaging in it, you know?
2: Yeah. And he was, he was more than receptive. It was just an issue that like him as a director are not only like dealing with like crazy actors, but he's also dealing with like producers that need to have a budget, like so much deeper. It's so much deeper than just like, like, (laughs) why can't a play just be a play? You know, it's like, It's so there's so many other factors that play into it with money and with everything. And to be like, also going back, like, I, like, I am very grateful for the career that I have. Like I like being the sassy best friend because I, honey, I am the sassy best friend, but also I can sing you a song that is very like touching And nine times out of 10. My comfortability is being funny. Like that's just because it also, you know, it it stems from also insecurities. I immediately go to funny because I want everyone to be happy. That's a personal character, like characteristic of me. But like, I think that like, I went in for, um, I went in for uh, the revival of Oklahoma. And like, if you didn't see it, it's very different from the original Oklahoma. And like, base, you know, there were some things I liked about it and there were some things I was like, what's happening?! But like that's good theater, honestly. like it doesn't matter. Like if you walk out of a show and you are affected by it in any way, whether it be negative or positive, that show did its job. And rather than being like, what was the fine night at the theater? like no, you you were affected. whether positive or negative, it did its job. And it's it, I went in and I was going in for like a, a vacation swing to cover all of the women. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me that they are okay with me not just being Edo Annie? And my agent was like, yeah, why wouldn't you be? And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Because, like, typically Edo Annie is like a curvy girl, you know, but sometimes she's not that curvy. She just has boobs. Let's just say that. And in... And other aspects too, like Lori is, you know, she, she was played by a, a beautiful black woman, strong black woman who was amazing. And that is not the typical. And, but at the same time, she was great. Like, you know what? I didn't think about one moment during that show. I miss the original. Like the original was boring. Like it does, it's just, I was like, this is amazing. I get to go in and actually, attempt to cover all these people and like you know at the end of the day I didn't book the job but they let me in the room they let me in the room and to tell you the truth from that audition I booked a workshop so I met I met the casting director who I had not met before and she was like I love you you're not right for the show just because of like costuming issues or like scheduling
1: but we're gonna put you in here
2: which was amazing.
1: And that's like the importance of this like inclusion and just having an open mind, not saying that I'm not going to be great as your sassy friend, not saying that I won't be completely hilarious in that moment, but just the idea of you can look at me and whatever I present to you, you can take that in and digest it for what it fully is. Instead of being like, okay, that golden age ballad was cute, but anyway, let's put her in the pop musical. Like, Actually, looking at me and stripping away all of your preconceived notions and just experiencing it, and then placing the character and however you see it fits, you yeah. know. And I and I do think it's all about like you asked me earlier if I had ever felt um,
2: like out, like not only if I ever felt like isolated or uh, my body image played, or what what did you phrase you? You asked like if I had ever felt discrimination with. Um, not just uh on stage but off and to tell you the truth if i have i am not around it because i do not i do not uh concern myself with those people i if someone has a problem that's their problem and it's not it's it's my it's my job to like be there and do me and as as selfish as it is like i'm i'm not the best advice someone ever gave me was in a relationship aspect, but it applies to every aspect. You cannot control what someone thinks of you. You cannot, you cannot control not only what someone thinks of you, but how they perceive you and how they respond to you and how they will, like, you can say, I'm sorry, or you can say, you know, like, I, I hate that that happened, but like, you can't say like, no, 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 let me change your mind. They're going to be that way either way. I, I've never been like where I'm a human being. I'm a female. I have emotions. I of course get like, I'm not a hundred percent happy with the way I look. I don't think anyone is, if they are, you're a sociopath. Like I don't understand what's happening, but like, it's, it's not for like, it's not like I need to lose weight to be happy. I'm very happy. Like I date human beings like me and like, It took me whenever I was auditioning for colleges or in colleges rather, in college, I was doing all these traditional musical theater shows like or Legally Blonde, or I was doing like all of these like, you know, Les Mis, these typical like, you know, uh, Footloose, those typical college shows. And I thought that I had to dress a certain way that I had to be in this like, you know, pencil skirt, like very like, um, like uh, malleable thing. And I thought I had to sing the right songs. I had to do this, this, and this, all into this little aspect of like ingenue feel. That's like very much like a naive person. That's like, what do I do? You know, like that kind of thing. And the moment I was like, wait, I am a type but it's my type and that's amazing. Like, And as soon as I let go of all those things that I thought I needed to be in order to be cast and I was just Katie Ladner, I got cast so much. I got in notable shows and was able to, honestly, the best part of this job so far is being able to create new musical theater. Because we have, we have those classical shows that yes, are the building blocks that like laid the groundwork for like all types of music or, you know, like Lin Manuel Miranda said something like, he's like, he wouldn't be here and his rap style is not possible without Sondheim's patter. You know, it, it stems from all that kind of stuff. And that's true. Like I have a certain style of singing because Ethel Merman was the first person that was able to like, you know, it's not seen as screaming or yelling, it's actually artistic and it's called belting. But like, I think it's amazing because like, that's uh, like being in Wicked was not fun as well because that was like, you know, I was able to be a part of a show that like, I grew up watching, but to be all honest, there wasn't any cre- creativity in that because I fit the mold of what a girl did 15 years ago. And I was able to have moments with my dear friend, Denise, who played opposite with me. And we were able to create our own little bits, but our char- but when you're in a show like that, your characters just can't deviate too much because there is it's already there. And I think that, you know, I've become accustomed to being able to create. And that's been great because someone said something to me where I was a girl I went to college with and she came out, she was like, hey, just want to drop a line and say like something cool happened. I was in a master class with a casting agent and we were trying to figure out what songs I needed to sing or how I was going to market myself and like what type I should be. And she was, she said, oh, look at the more Katie Ladner type. And I was like, what? And it was really cool because like, It's not, I think like all of us have our types, you know, like we have the Katie Ladner types, we have the Bonnie Milligan types, like, you know, like, and that's another weird segue of thing. Like, I don't understand, like Bonnie Milligan and I, and Ryan Redman and I are always in the same auditions together. They're amazing women. Uh, Bonnie Milligan has a certain quality that I want in my life, but I will never possess. Ryan Redmond has a certain quality in her life that I want, but do not possess. Yet we are always in the same room. Is that because of our weight? Probably. And I think like you talk about like the styles on both of those girls, not only their mental style, which is amazing and inclusive, but, but their like physical style is amazing. And I learned from them and as, and you know, on an opposite end of the spectrum, like, it's amazing to get to see them. And if one girl doesn't get it, you are like, oh, did so-and-so get it? Like, you know, that kind of thing. It's just interesting because like, and this is not just for plus size people, but like, the more I'm saying the word type, the more it's kind of like angering me because it shouldn't be a type. It should be, like, I don't even know what it should be. Like, it just shouldn't be, like, isolated into one specific, like, person. It shouldn't be, like, Like can you, can you see the wheels turning in my head? Because I'm trying to find an answer about it. Because, like, I don't know why someone hasn't brought it up. Like, of course, like, I don't even know how to phrase this because, I, on one hand, I want to say, of course there needs to be a type because you need to fit into certain aspects of musical theater. But who defines those aspects of musical theater? Who first said, yes, who first said this is the person that would best represent this part? Sure, but because you made me. Like, I'm going to obviously do this. And and I, you know, I, I've been able, like like I said earlier, like I've been able to go into musical theater, like or I go, to go into audition rooms, like with Jenna Roland and be more chill. It never once said that she was, like, I think the, the the weirdest it got, or as oddly specific, was, like, she wants to be badly included into, like, Chloe's world, and, like, it was such a small cast in general that I just fit the quota of, like, you know, that, like, being that, like, naggy, like, belter song, like, whatever, and after talking to Stephen Brackett the director, I was, like. You know, and it was such a small run in, in Red Bank that I was like, we were talking about covers. And he just out of the blue was like, oh, you'd be a great Christine. And I was like, thank you. He was like, why? And I was like, he was like, yeah, like who who wouldn't love a, you know, like you'd be great. And And then with Almost Famous, like I went in that room. I remember the day very vividly. I went in that room at Ripley, Ripley Greer, floor 17. And there was a room full of people behind the table. I, it was Tom Kitt. I knew him from previous shows that I had been in with him. And that was like, and I knew the uh, accompanist. So it was like, okay, cool. Like I know, and casting. So I knew a couple of people who were in my, at least comfortable to be like, hi, Katie, I do know who you are. And I went in that room. I was dressed in tight jeans, boots, and a little like uh, 70s feel because you always want to like, you know, maybe give a hint. And I did, I did what I needed to do. I had no qualms because I was like, the the description of the character was like, she's the oldest Band-Aid. She, um, she has very knowledgeable and uh, like strong, strong pop rock belter. And at first I was like, whoa, this could be anyone. And then I was like, wait, this could be anyone. And like, and in the movie, I do not look like Cruz I don't. She's wicked awesome. And I wish I did. But at the same time, like it, it was clear that they were like trying to find, you know, just whoever was the best to convey the thing. And I went in that room and I remember they were auditioning other people. There were all shapes and sizes, tall, short, skinny, large, uh, European, black, Asian, like so many different people, not just for my part, for the entire show. And I thought that, I, I was like, and the fact that it was jaunting to be like, well, I said something like, well, they have no, and I've done this before, where like, if you go into a room or you're sitting in an audition room and you see no one who looks like you, quote unquote, and you're like, my immediate reaction is always to be like, well, they have no idea what they're looking for. And that's kind of like, it used to be a negative thing. And truthfully, talking it out with you right now is like having a revelation in my brain. That used to be a negative thing. But I look forward to that. I'm like, they have no idea what they want. They might have an idea of like, you know, you get into like specific things like, I cannot, I cannot hit a low F flat sharp major. I can't do that. I'm a now. But I have other aspects that maybe they're willing to move around the puzzle. And I think that's what's beautiful about musical theater, new shows, is that they're always willing to kind of, you know, do that. But now, like, it's been a while since I've gone into an audition room, because thanks, Rhona. But like, yeah, I think there's something lovely and somewhat like, you just gotta do you.
0: It was a very roundabout way, but I got some points in there. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I've heard somebody said to me once, and I will always remember it, and it has completely altered my perspective on auditioning and the process of auditioning. I personally love it because it is your, it's not only are you going into they're interviewing you for a job, but you are also interviewing them for a job and they are hoping and praying that when you walk in the door that they can end their search and shut the lights off and like stop paying rent for the studio, you know, like they want so yeah. badly they're rooting for you as soon as you walk in the door and they want to book you. So that's always made me feel so so like it's just reassuring to know in the back of your mind that even if you start to have those other thoughts that start to cross into anxieties and insecurities and maybe little lies that your brain is telling you they are just little lies that your brain is telling you and you are completely in control when you walk into that room and serve yourself to these people and show them everything that you have within you so the best
1: art
2: and the best yeah just the best art is created out of your comfort zone, because we as artists get so used to doing the same mundane things over and over again, party tricks, if you will. We get so used to, you know, like I obviously, I obviously know what I'm good at and what I get hired at. I am like, I can, I can land a joke, like no one's business. I can't catch a ball, but I can land a joke. Like it's, it's one of those things. Like uh, there's, it's, I know that I'm good at that. And I know people like (laughs) with, Would Be More Chill, I remember being in the audition room, or not the audition room, but being in the rehearsal room. Jenna Rowland didn't do squat. She did squat in that show. Like, when we first got that script, it was like, Jenna Rowland, she is the one who calls Chloe for Smartphone Hour. And it was, that was what it was. And my audition material was reading the lyrics to, like, to, uh, at the, like, the lyrics to Smartphone Hour. I didn't have a script. There was no, like, there were maybe, like, one or two lines in the whole show that was, like, in the beginning and the end. And that way, because, you know, she's not a pivotal character in the show. I understand that. But by the time we were done, because I was like, I'm going to make this part worth my while. I was cutting up in the background. And there are certain things that made it into the show that I did because Stephen Bracken and Joy Connors were like, of course you gotta do that. That's amazing. And so like, it's, you know, and all with respect, like I'm not trying to like do a ballet dance behind, you know, <laughs> I will like more than survive, but like, but like, it was all like just random stuff that was like, you know, uh, one night I remembered that like, there was a scene right before, um, guy that I kind of be into song. And there was a moment where like, they wanted to give me lines, They wanted to, they were like, yeah, say whatever. And so they were like, it was just a moment that was like trying, they were trying to set up Halloween and they were like, Jenna, you can come too. Um, I think it encompassed like, oh, can you believe like, if I wonder if Jeremy is going to go probably. And then it was like, I was sitting there like, Jenna, you can come too. And then Chloe said, but you have to wear a clown costume because that was what I was in initially because it was funny that this it wasn't funny but it was just like of course this girl didn't want to dress sexy she wanted to dress scary like this Halloween like that's what I do I dress as an old man like I'm not trying to be sexy like and and like so it was like but Jenna Jenna you have to dress up as a clown a scary clown and it was like one of those things where like it kind of left it and so I all I said was deal and everyone died because they were like what and then it made it into the script. And then, of course, later, I think they took it out, which I'm like, Meh. but at the same time, like, there are certain things that like, oh, what did I do? It was another Be More Chill thing when they were doing the, the when Jenna Roland transforms into, she gets her squip and she takes the pill and she's like, yeah, 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 that whole thing. They were like, we were in Red Bank and <laughs> Joe was like, just sing this thing. And then Chase Brock was like, what would you do? And I started running around the set. I started just being like, like, because there were those interjections that they were like, "You, yeah, like that kind of thing. And it was like, what am I supposed to be doing? So I would run around being so happy that I got the squip. And I truly, what it, uh, what it morphed into was me just running around. And they were like, they were like, yeah, you're going to do that. So it's always that running joke that's like, be careful. Are you ready to do that eight times a week kind of thing? But it morphs into something because like, that's just what it was. Like I was able to set that boundary, but you know, the girls after me can do whatever they want because it's
1: not written in the stone what it is. I think it's all about like separating your type I, like, I don't like the word type, but I was talking to somebody else who, like, separating the word type from stereotype. So, like, your type oh, is that you're a good. belter, you're a soprano, you're, like, in your comedic bag. Like, those are all things that, are, like, co- incorporate to your type. But it's still – you're not – that's not playing into a stereotype. That's just playing into literally what things you excel at. And so I like using the word type but not – That is – what an amazing thing. Yeah. What an amazing thing,
2: separating the word type from the stereotypical words we type. Oh man, I look forward to the day when it doesn't matter. You know, like I think having these podcasts and having these like discussions about it is so necessary. Um, but I look forward to the day that, you know, we don't have to have these conversations. You know, it's like, it's just kind of like, like, why are you bringing that up, Katie? No one talks about that, you know? And unfortunately, because human beings are human beings, and you know, they're going to think what they think. Uh, we have to, quote unquote, break the mold. And, you know, and I, someone, we did like a, a teacher talkback thing one time with Heathers. And just as a, as a me thing, like, I always go to talkbacks. I always do, whether or not I speak or not. Because I remember as a kid then being so beneficial to me, being like, oh my gosh, there's an actor. Like, I'm just me. But like, to them, I understand that they perceive me as something else, which is great. And I'm willing to do that. It comes with some burdens because you can't mess up or if you do, it's it's magnified. But there's more pros than cons. But we were we were sitting there and a teacher, a teacher asked me like, How how are you doing this? Like, how are you setting yourself up to be made fun of every night? How are you doing that? And I was like, well, can you honestly tell me that you're, like, how different is this high school from your high school? Give or take, like, I'm hoping no one's bringing in guns and, you know, specifically like JD, that kind of thing. But like, teen suicide exists. It does. And especially back then, however many, six years ago it was. And I was just like, can you honestly tell me that a beautiful girl who's 16 years old, who knows nothing but just trying to have Jiffy Pop with her best friend, doesn't think she doesn't look anything wrong with her. That if someone of stature in their school came over and told her that she was ugly, that she was worthless, that she wouldn't want to do something about it to like not. And they were like, of course it exists, of course it exists, but I don't know how you're able to. And I'm like, I'm playing a part. And in reality, if I'm the, I will take night after night, quote, unquote, beating of this on stage, just so one girl or one guy can see me in the audience and be like, wait, that's me. That's what's happening. I'm representing that one person. And I, you know, I'm not trying to be a martyr or anything, but like, it's, I didn't have that growing up I had Tracy Turnblad and that was it and Tracy Turnblad if you look at it she's not that redeeming anyway she she never is like you know like it took Motormouth Maybell to say Big Blonde and Beautiful and she never is like you know she has a revelation at the end but because because that's just the musical needed to round itself up you know and I, like, she never really dives into it. Like, I wish she had a song that was just like, I, you know, all of her songs are wanting to be with Link or wanting to dance, like that kind of thing. And sure, it's the naivety character of Tracy Turnblad, sure. But like, this day and age, like, that doesn't really fly with me. Like,
0: I think yeah. that like... I'm- it's like, how can how can this girl be that naive? Yeah. And it's It goes back to playing the funny, like the whole everybody in her world makes makes it a point that she is her weight yeah she can't she couldn't possibly be the dancer at the corny collins show because of her weight you know they she she's written to be a little less intelligent than everybody else maybe she's a little slower to pick up on things than other people and and it doesn't necessarily like moving forward i don't think we need to write that into who these characters are yeah like you were saying it's about creation so if the actor bringing life to that character finds that within themselves to add depth to that character then then like you were saying it brings purpose rather than asking what is the purpose why is this character written this way you know I would I would love to play Tracy Turnblad
2: but for more so the fact of not only me as a human being saying like She's an amazing character. She is like, she's great. Like she is the building blocks of like, that was the first time someone, you know, for lack of better room, let her in the room and in to be a part of musical theater. So we can't discredit that. I love Hairspray. Anytime I hear like, um, anytime I hear you can't stop the beat, I cannot stop moving. Like it's an amazing show. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful to, whether play it on a Broadway stage or play it in, you know, a, a barn in South Mississippi. I'm hopeful that if I can play that part, that I can also like maybe add some like humanity <laughs> to it because I think, and and if it's not me, then hopefully it's someone else that's not just going in and playing the part what's written because I do think there's so much more that you can do with that show. And I do think it's relevant. <laughs> like, and it's like, it's it's an amazing show. I'm I'm not trying to dog on that, but it's also like, that's the first show. Like, can you think of any other shows that are centered around that? Like centered around, like, you know, I mean, what does the poster say? The poster says like one big, like larger than like, you know, it says something like some play on the word and like, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it also stems down to like, in a in a weird, like encompassing thing, like knowing your worth and knowing that you're not, I'm not defined by my weight. And if I'm playing a part, it needs to have, you know, just because like us three take a certain way out of the musical theater or out of Tracy Turnblad and we have a certain like opinion about it. You know, some girl in South Alabama is looking at that being like, she looks like me because that's what I did. And I wasn't, I was not old enough to comprehend Maybe there's a little problem in the storyline. I wasn't old enough. So we can't discredit that our presence in a musical as plus size is already a step forward in the right direction. So as deep as we want to get to making it, you know, let's take it a step further. We do have to just get in the room, whether it be in an ensemble or whether it's just honestly just like representation. <laughs> like And yes, of course, I want to dive into, like, Jan doesn't need to have a candy bar and everything kind of thing, like, that kind of thing. But, like, let me in the show. Let me in the show so that a girl can see me or a guy can see me. Because truth be told, and it's kind of, it's it's the motivating, but also, like, okay, you have to, like, take take realization that's where we are, is nine times out of ten, if someone... Like any any time I'm in a show, someone like it uh, in almost famous people said this to me. They were like, "Yes," and they were like, "I love a curvy girl. I love a curvy girl up there." I do too, honey. I do too. But I'm just happy to be there. And uh, the show has nothing to do about curvy women. And um, it's me representing someone. And I'm I always anytime someone says that they're like, I'm so happy a curvy woman is there. I don't knock them down and say like, Oh, you know, why is why'd you have to notice that? Cause obviously it is noticeable. You know, you got other, you got women in crop tops and I'm in, you know, like a low cut shirt, but you know, I'm not a crop top, but like, I, it just stems down to like, I'm there. I, I could say no words. And that's already doing amazing. And I think that's, that's, what maybe, maybe for me, what Tracy Turnblad was for me was that it's possible that she can even be like they gave her a song, they didn't give her one song, they gave her like four, like, and they might not have, yeah, they might not have the best, like, you know, she could be saying like watermelon, 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 and I would still be okay with it because they let her sing. And some 13 year old girl is not going to be like, oh, well, she, they're making fun of her way. She I was not concerned about that because I was like because I was like, hey, she's on stage and she's the best dancer. And I've gotten a chance to work with Jerry Mitchell. And he's he's incredible. He's not only kooky, he's everything that you want him to be as a human being, but like he said something where I was working in the same like rehearsal studio, like uh I was on a separate floor. And I overheard him speaking about me because I I wasn't able to do that production or that they were working on a show that I had previously been in with them. But at the same time, it was with Almost Famous. So I couldn't overlap. It was a very, I was like, I want to do everything. But you know, the more, the more you get involved, the more you have to make decisions. And they might be, there's no bad decision. It's only shaping you, whatever. And he said something about he said, he was just like, oh, I hear Katie Ladner's in that show. We love Katie Ladner. And then was, he was leaving the elevator. He was like, oh, great dancer. No one's ever said that about me. No one has ever been like, I'm not going to ballet calls. I know my, I know my skill level, but like, man, I can step touch to save the world. Like I can, I can do that kind of stuff. And it was awesome because like, Jerry doesn't care. Like he's, he's like, and when I did go back into that production, like it was a moment of like, if I can speak like, hey, that's good on me was, you know how in, in rehearsal spaces when, peop- when the, when the um, choreographer is teaching the dance, he always has an assistant that he is like, do this, do that. He, ha- he didn't have an assistant for this one, but I was like picking up the material and whatever. And so he was like, Katie, come here, do this for me. And I was like, huh? And so I became a person, exactly. I was like, I became that person. And it's something that he probably didn't think about, won't think about, but like, that was so amazing for me to be the girl that is the dancer aspect of it. And, you know, it was was hard choreography. We were doing like scarves and these like, like working, like, and I was working with someone who, as my dance partner, who I, perceived as this as this amazing athletic dancer. And I was keeping up with him. And it was like, and that goes back to the very first thing I said, refreshing. He didn't, he was like, I cast you in this, so you're gonna do it either way. You know? Like, he's like, we're not gonna do that. And I and I've been in shows where I've been the butt of a joke. Like, of course. And it's been like, like there was a moment in um in, in a show, I forget what it was, but we were doing like, uh, like some, some choreography in the back and they were like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if Katie just like, she was like one second behind everyone. Yes, because that's me. And of course I am funny, but perceiving it same as the grapes, they're going to see it. The audience is going to see it as of course, the larger girl can't keep up in gym, you know, like that kind of thing. And then that lasted about two seconds because the choreographer was like, "No, no, no, this doesn't work." <laughs> like, he he saw it because he had been in a room with me for two months because he knew me as a human being and he knew my comedic level. But audiences don't have that luxury of meeting me as a human being and seeing that I actually am a human being and I'm not just the person that doesn't look like a model, you know. And to be quite frank, I do look like a model, <laughs> like <laughs> like. <laughs> You look like a model. You look like a model.
1: We all are models. But. That's the thing that sucks, but it's beautiful about being a part of like a marginalized group is that when you are on a stage, whether like you like it or not, you're representing that group and you're giving some kind of inspiration to someone who looks like you, who looks in the audience can be like, sure. Like it, like whether you bring up their what makes them different from other people, people can see it. Kind of what you were saying, like whether or not they acknowledge that I'm, a size 12 and the girl next to me is a size two it mat like somebody who is a size 12 is going to look out and be like oh wow she's next to that girl and doing the same thing it's going to people are going to notice it and it's going to mean something whether you address it or not
2: I tread lightly because I, I would never ever dream of isolating one incident of anything but like whether it has to do with now more than ever race whether it has to do with that I I've been hearing the word a lot of like tokenism where like someone is either the token black girl or the token fat girl. And it's, I challenge people to, yes, obviously like in in certain scenarios, those, it's very obvious that they are there for a certain reason. But just as, just as me going into a room and being there because maybe I maybe I was there because I am a larger girl, but taking what you got and making lemonade. because it's you are you were put in that show and it might not have started off as the reasons that are the best. But I think not and and I will go ahead and bat for every human being because I think that the people who were started off as tokens made it what they did. And now those tokens are part of musical theater, that is like will always be that one thing. And you know, and I think there's there's gonna be some things that I've said in in this podcast that might be hypocritical of like or or might not hypocritical, but might um counteract what I said earlier. But I am also talking it through. I'm also like, you know, I'm challenging my own my own self. And I think that as much as being a, a token Fat girl, I'll say it, fucking fat girl. Or, you know, it all stems down to what the greater purpose is of it. And I'm not going to choose something where someone, I'm not going to go in for something where someone's like, fat girl, fat girl, fat girl, and like not have a redeeming quality about it. And just as I hope that someone is not going into something racial and it degrades them to a point where it's not redeeming and i hope that we can get to we're not there yet i will opal, i will openly say that we're not there yet but i hope that now with this this movement that's starting about one thing that it can go and in, coincide into other movements and that can also and i and, I'm, and no means trying to shadow the movement that's happening now but i'm hopeful that it will open other people's eyes to other things, which, you know, is beautiful because it needs to happen and there is bias in our industry, whether or not people want to admit it or not. But for every person that is set in their ways, if, if you want to say, there are people out there fighting to put me in a room because whether they like me as a human being or they like me as an artist. And I when I when I first got your email, when I first got your email, I was like, do I do I wanna like do I wanna be like a beak, you know what I mean? I had the thought of like, what am I doing? Like what why why what, what do I have to contribute to this? Like what do I have to contribute to this because like I fought so hard to not be seen as both sides. I really have. But that is because plus size has now had this connotation of negativity or why are we even calling it plus size? I'm a size. Like it's not like I'm plus size the norm of the typical rack that is zero to eight. Is that what we're saying? Who decided this? Who decided that that is what the normal is? If you look at statistics, the average female body type is size 14. That's what size pants I wear. That's amazing. And I just told everyone that I wear size pants 14. But like, I I, I was like, do I want to do this? But it's because it's had such a negative connotation. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. And maybe I am naive and thinking like, that but I have tried so hard to not be seen as just a plus size person and truly my friends they you know they're not coming up to me and being like I'm friends with her because she's big they're not like and in another sporadic thing like life needs to or art needs to imitate life in that kind of sense but I was hesitant and immediately that lasted for maybe negative three seconds because I was like, no, I'm okay if I'm comfortable talking about it. Other people need to be comfortable talking about it. And I hope people leave, you know, whether or not there's one listener or a million, I hope that person still gets the the overall of Katie is a human being. Of course she has her bad days. Of course she does. But at the end of the day. I'm comfortable talking about it because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I love biscuits. I love bread. I love bread. Uh, I also like zucchini. Yeah, I also love zucchini. So like I, you know, that kind of thing. So like, I I don't understand, like it's a constant like um, butting heads with my own personalities. Because on one hand, I have to be, like, aware of how people perceive me. Our job is built on if whether or not someone likes this or not. And I have to do that. But I also have one side where it's like, who cares? Like, live your life. Be happy. Be happy. And a lot of times, those intermix. And sometimes I have, like, I contradict myself. But I think that's important in anyone's, like, life you need to challenge yourself. And at the end of the day, what's gonna be best for you might not be best for someone else, but at the end of the day, you gotta look out for number one, which is you. And that, I gladly accept the the responsibility that I just turned this into not only a thing about plus size, but about being a human. Because at the end of the day, that's just what it is. like. I'm grateful that you guys have this platform that you let me be on to be that voice, but also at you know we're talking about it, which is good, but at the end you know in in three years from now, that's wishful thinking, but you know in ten years from now, hopefully what we're gonna be talking about, oh man, did you like let's talk about the the color of props, you know, like it's something that's so minute, but you know. That's sad to say, because, you know, prompt masters are very important and they take very diligent of their time. So,
0: And, you know, these hard conversations that we're having, we're having them because they're hard and because the time is now to talk about these things, uncovering them in our industry and within ourselves. And... And we just want to thank you so, so much for sitting down and talking with us about this because it's really important. It's very, very important that we that we talk about these things and we work through them. And even though our conversation has to stop today on this recording, it doesn't have to stop when we when we hit pause or we take off the like we're done with the voice memo we can keep having these conversations with ourselves learning and growing internally because that in turn is going to help us have better conversations with our friends and other creative people in the room and it's going to help us instill change for the long run this is not temporary and it's we're we're all here to stay and we're just making space for each other, carving out a space where we can all be seen and heard for who we are as creators. And yeah, we're so glad that you joined us today. Thank yeah. you so, so much. Of course. We just need to normalize it because it is normal. Because
2: also, like I keep saying, who who decided what non-normal was? So we as human, as the human race, as humankind, can decide what normal is and normalize the stereotypes of all types of just making them just one big hug of amazing musical theater that like we are able to deal with yeah I might not be the most eloquent person but <laughs> I get this point across maybe 10 minutes later <laughs>
1: Katie before we leave let people know Where they can find you What what your socials are what, you can Where can we me. find Katie Ladner on the <laughs> interwebs
2: At K T Ladner L-A-D-N-E-R On uh, all social media platforms Actually Instagram
0: and Twitter um, I'm going to warn you A lot of my Instagram is just puppy <laughs> Well why is um, that a con That sounds like a pro to listen. me
2: No exactly um, Twitter, I mainly use for like, just making sure like, it's more of just a pop up where I look at, but every once in a while I'll have a zinger, but <laughs> it's a lot of re it's a lot of reposting other people's zingers, but, um, yeah, that's where, and I'm, you know, if someone sends me a direct message, I try to reply it all done. I also oftentimes forget that there is a folder where if you're not my friend, it goes to that. So bear with me. <laughs> But I'm always happy to answer any type of thing, especially about body image.
0: Oh, heck yeah. And we can also, if any of our listeners out there have any questions, feedback, comments, concerns about this topic or any of the topics we talk about, you can send an anonymous advice. If you need any advice at all, you can send us a letter to hello at fourthwallpod.com and we will read them and go through them and we might even read them and dissect them right here on the show. Completely confidential. So So we we hope to get some feedback and thoughts from all of our listeners. Join the conversation. Pull up a chair. We're here to talk, and we're here for the long run, and we're, we're so excited about it. What an amazing show! Thank you so much for tuning in today at 4th Wall, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at this is 4th Wall, and you can send any questions, reflections, feedback, concerns, thoughts on your own experiences to hello at fourthwallpod.com. We'll see you next time.